Okay, so it's um, day one of WWDC, the uh, State of the Union keynote is just finished. Um, we're walking back to uh, Airbnb to drop off some stuff before we go out for evening festivities, and we thought we'd record a, um, a very simple podcast. Now, we've just passed the line for the ATP podcast, which had about 900 people in it, uh, but John, I don't see anybody following us to listen to our recording. The only people following us are people who are interested in our come, pug, come mug me badges and, and you know expensive backpacks filled with irreplaceable data and nice hardware, so... Uh, we always about taking risks to bring our our podcast to our listener L- listener. I just was just checking the recorder was working because you know what we're like at this podcast. Uh, I, I saw Marco Armand earlier today, and he had a. Um, he had a very, very large suitcase full of podcasting equipment for their recording this afternoon, and um, we're doing it on a mobile thing with a, with a hairy rat stuck on top. We'll put a picture in the show notes so you understand what we're talking about here. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the, the value of our opinion will be um, to the same level as uh, Marco Armand, Casey Liss, and uh, John Syracuse, I, I, I feel. Maybe not as popular, but... Um, here we go. Um, we've almost just got run over by walking across the, the road when the light was red. But uh, um, there we go. We're about to get run down by a skateboard. But uh, OK, so back to it. So we were saying in the car yesterday that we hadn't heard any rumours. And was it going to be you know, an, an empty keynote, which we felt last year's was with just things like the TV app and stickers? Uh, boy, we were quite wrong, weren't we? We were. I, I was just kind of – it all hung together and it all kind of, to me – uh, comes down to a theme of Apple's defensive position, right? I mean, I think that you know, they, they talked about lots of different technologies, which any one of them would have been seen as like, okay, well, they expanded, you know, this thing and they achieved parity with Google or, or Amazon or, you know, Facebook or any other app or, or platform out there. But I think that there is a certain uh, advantage that, that comes from all of them working together. And in all cases, when you are a member of the Apple ecosphere, you are very clearly a customer. I know this has been talked about a lot, but I think it becomes increasingly important because if you think that the new frontiers in computing and software is is software that can only work if it has direct access to a lot of your data in real time, you know, everything from your position in space and the objects that are around you to, you know, what you've added to your calendar and which websites you've visited – it enables all this great software, but I really don't want people using that software to be able to market to me. And so I do trust Apple to be able to say, to, to be able to anonymize this as necessary. And you know, in exchange for my money for the hardware and the services, there's a very, very clear transaction. So I, you put those together and it sounds very interesting. We can break it down to a lot more detailed discussion about the, the various APIs and technologies. But I did think that that theme was very, very important. So I, as, a, as an Apple developer, I feel like... Uh, there's still a nice rosy future and a very clear path forward in a lot of interesting directions. Yeah, I think um, yeah, the, the privacy was a huge thing again, wasn't it? And I and I you, again and again we heard the words, and now you can do it across all your devices, but encrypted end to end, and not shared with anyone. And you know, I think that that's really what Apple. You know, in some ways they're saying, especially with things like Siri. Yeah, we're not quite as good as these others, but we don't give your stuff away. 
Um, and that was even pushed a little bit today. I mean, I thought, you know, making a major announcement or the, you know, the I think the first thing they told us about uh, Mac OS 10 or Mac, sorry, Mac OS High Sierra um, was, you know, oh, we're going to stop people from going to track you in Safari. I mean, I mean, you know, um, I'm sure Google and people love that, but it was it was really cool. So, yeah, the whole privacy thing. And yeah, so let's let's just quickly talk about a few things. Um, let's start with High Sierra. Uh, I mean, definitely this whole adjective previous OS name is trying to give the indication that, you know, it's like a snow leopard, mountain lion. This is a a um, bug fix, performance fix, bedding down into the previous thing that they had. Totally agreed. And what's the, what's the, <laughs> that's the snarky way of putting it. I think the other way of saying it is, as they said, it's, it's refinement, <laughs> refinement. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, when, when they said, oh, and we've called it High Sierra, the guy next to me said, that's a joke, right? And it was, and, and we're sort of waiting for him, a bit like when they said the next one would be Sea Lion. Was it a couple of years ago or whatever it was? And then, everyone was, then he said, no, 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 it's a joke. I was sort of waiting for um, them to say, no, 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 that's a joke. Because I'm, I'm not quite sure what I think of that name. It sounds a bit, it is a little weird. It almost sounds like they were high when they came up with the name. This is the thing. They always you know, make the, the stoner jokes in there and you think, ha-ha, isn't it funny that kind of you know, pasty white middle management is making jokes about being high? Well, when in fact, since recreational weed is now legal in California, the jokes don't really have to be made anymore. People can just openly say, yeah, we were totally baked when we came up with this idea. Yeah, so anyway, it, um, no... OS no no Mac OS I keep calling it OS ten no Mac OS demos I think was that right? No, there were Mac OS demos. What do you mean? What did they demo? They demoed. Uh, gosh, it was so memorable. No, they did demo it. Uh, let's 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 cross the street where when we're in danger of being remembered. It will jog jog our memory. In danger of being run over. It will jog our memory. There were demos from Mac OS. I thought it was just presentations from Mac OS. I don't think they demoed anything. I think they went they through it quite quickly because there was. Um, uh, after it, they they went straight into hardware, and I, I I could be I could be wrong there, but I don't remember any OS Mac OS demos at all. But anyway, into hardware after that, basically they updated in some small way the entire Mac line in in, in everything. Um, more better processors on everything, um, more memory on the iMacs now, um, which is cool. And I was thinking. When they said, oh, now you can double your memory and there's better GPUs in the 27-inch iMac, I thought, really, that's not what they're going to call the Mac iMac Pro, is it, now, and say these are Pro machines. But then they brought the iMac Pro, and I and I, I thought straight away, wow, that's a nice machine. Totally. And it was funny, the, the, the overhead, it's like they went so far as to say, you can't tell that it's not just a monitor, right? Because it was basically the back bezel was didn't really protrude out. But this one, it had that kind of fat apple bottom look to it that you can say wow there's a lot of cpu and a lot of gpu and a lot of memory and a lot of you know fan uh, architecture in there to be able to to manage all the super hot hardware now at lunchtime i was talking to um oh i can't remember his name schumacher i can't remember his first name he was the editor he was the director behind the app the human story film um and i asked him what he thought of it he'd not really seen the keynote but uh he says the trouble for him is a video editor he wants to change GPUs every six months because he always wants the best GPU. 
Um, so they were aiming this as pros and video editors, and yet the first video editor I spoke to said, no good to me. But what they were, um, what he was fascinated with was being able to use external GPUs, um, which was uh, an interesting thing. But um, I thought it was interesting they ramped them out. Even the, even the um, MacBook Air got a, an increase in uh, something. It got a speed up. Here we are. We're just going to pose for another photo. Yeah, we'll take another photo. Oh, we're going to take another photo. So I don't know what we're doing. Let's try and get it. We're on the roving reporters. Roving reporters uh, coming through. Thing with a hairy rat on. There we are. Oh, well, under palm trees. It almost looks like we're in California now, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we could be in um, Beverly Hills or anywhere as opposed to this part of... Okay, so that was Mac hardware. Then we got on to um, iOS, which I thought the initial announcement for iOS was, yeah, that's a refinement, that's good. But then, then they hit us with the iPad stuff, and I thought that was just really cool. Yeah, that, that really was. I was thinking about that a lot. It's like, on the one hand, it, it made me snicker a little bit to myself because you thought that, you know, they explicitly got rid of the Finder and the whole concept of a file system to make it so much easier. But now it just it doesn't make it work with, with pro users, even sophisticated users. That was very interesting. I think the drag and drop thing, you know, I kind of had to remember. It's like, well, I know all about drag and drop APIs. I spent a lot of time implementing when I did Mac software. So I figure it shouldn't be all that interesting or, you know, I wouldn't say not, not that it's not interesting, just not all that, you know, breakthrough. But then I thought about it's like, well... The ability to have multiple items, just add items to a selection, actually is very, very cool. And it is also just kind of the, you know, the, you've had a chance to think about it a little bit more and, and, and think practically about the types of things that people would want to do. So even even things like, you know, the document scanner and the, the thing for making screen grabs and simple markup, just how they all work together seemed actually really, really nice. And uh, so I can see why, why it, it was very interesting to think that, you know, the desktop pro users now have new hardware. And I think that there are a lot of kind of, let's let's say kind of productivity, kind of office productivity is one thing. And then there's creative productivity, you know, the ability to swap around various you know, layers from Adobe products, or then even kind of like day-to-day -day life productivity, the things that they were demonstrating saying, you know, I, I have to sign this document. And it is a bit of a pain in the ass. I go through this a lot of time as a school, as you know, as a parent of a school-aged child, they always have forms you have to sign. and. And just to be able to, to very simply take a picture of something, you know, on the desk and not have to worry about lining it up properly and just have it work properly, be able to sign it, copy and paste it somewhere, drag and drop it into a calendar. All those things actually really uh, work very, very well together. And am I right in thinking, have I got the understanding right here? These are features that will only be on the iPad. It's not like they were designed to work best on the iPad. They're only going to appear on the iPad. Is that what you understood? That's absolutely my understanding. I mean, and it makes sense because... If nothing else, I, I don't see how you can make a a multitasking between multiple apps work on, on an iPhone, if nothing else, just for the, the question of stream real estate. But I also get the impression that you really do need a lot of, of, of extra processing power to make it work smoothly, especially considering that you're having multi-touch items. Because it, you know, the ability to have all these different touch points. Remember a million years ago, Matt and Gamble had built this test app to be able to say, you know, how many... How many uh, how many simultaneous touch, touch recognition uh, inputs can you have? I think the magic number was 11 or some rather large number, you know, more than, than anybody would have digits on their hand. And it's, it's funny, over the long term, you can start to see how Apple's, you know, decisions that they make that probably piss people off then make sense. I mean, even going back to hardware very quickly, you know, when, when Apple said, you know, rather than having lots of different ports, 
that all have compromises, here's a brand new modern one, Thunderbolt, which has such incredible throughput, and we can you know save the space that we'd use for having support for all these other ones and add more battery space for it to make the device smaller. And then people thought, uh, it doesn't really do anything good. But now that you can say, all right, well, you, know, you want a super fast GPU, you want a super fast external monitor, you want super fast RAID, now it seems to make sense a little bit. And I think the same thing for, for telling developers for the longest time, hammering into people's head, use size classes, you know, don't think that the only, you know, don't think of your app only in terms of it runs on a phone or it runs on an iPad. Think about, you know, being able to handle compact size classes even while you're running on an iPad because that's the amount of room that you have to make your app run as a kind of accessory to, to another app that's running. So uh, I guess the, the, the conclusion for this is when Apple tells you to do something and it's like one of those things like your parents tell you, eat your vegetables, it makes sense over the long time. Adapt auto layout, use size classes, you know, do all these nice little things. And all of a sudden, when they do come out with these great innovations, you don't have to do anything. You just come along for free. Yeah, it's, uh, and I think it's going to be interesting now to see what happens because, I mean, it began a little while ago, but now really with this new stuff, the the iPad is no longer just a big iPhone. It's, you know, it, with, with its split view, with its um, uh, multitasking, now with its drag and drop and its dock and all that stuff, it now really is a different device. Um, you're no longer going to be able to get away with it, you know, just by having done auto layout, you can, um, uh, you know, you'll get your same app that just lays out probably. You're going to have to add new features for the iPad. And it's going to be interesting to see if people bother to do that. Um, you know, is this going to be people will wait and see if the iPad sells before they do it, or people will do this, which will make the iPad sell? Um, but a bit of a chicken in the egg there. But I, I, I was really pleased to see the iPad get some uh, get some love. Now, I haven't bought a new iPad since the iPad 2 because um, I really just didn't have a justification for it. I, I would have bought a slightly bigger phone rather than an iPad, but uh, I have been sort of waiting, thinking I'd like another iPad and waiting for the update to the Pro, but this this with the iOS 11 stuff as well really makes me think, yeah, I think it's time to get another iPad and give it a good go. So it's, uh, yeah, so... Um, as far as APIs were concerned and the new things that were released, anything that really struck you that you want to go and have a play with? Uh, the, the APIs, on the one hand, you kind of say, you know, uh, machine learning and super fast processing are all very, very important if you want to build these next generation of apps. Uh, and so, I mean, I think that there are lots of things I can imagine wanting to do using machine learning even just using the examples that they build into it, right? Uh, you know, the, the, the playground apps that, that, that they show you. So I can see, imagine some things. And this is the type of thing that, do I know what a convolutional neural network's now? Absolutely not. But the fact that, uh, that, that under the hood, with nice, clean APIs, it is to kind of to those types of technologies that core animation is to, and, and, and you know, the whole CA layer system is to, to dealing with OpenGL, which I struggled so mightily with before it came out with, and I, I never had great success with it, whereas I feel very comfortable with, with, with core animation and layers. So, um, I, so I feel the same way about these new generation of things. The thing that also got me very excited and almost, you know, and another kind of reason for wanting to have a modern iPad is the Swift Playgrounds app looks really nice. And, and I kind of, in terms of long-term thinking, I, I also kind of finally get why, why you know, uh, Swift is an important thing where you want those last bits of performance. And I assume that, you know, for the types of apps that a lot of people write, if you're not really close to the metal, haha, 
you know, the difference between Swift and Objective-C probably wasn't all that great. But now I can see with all the, the super, you know, uh, compile time tricks that they can be done with a more strongly typed language like Swift, it makes sense. Okay, now you have to get it. And then since it took so many iterations to get right, you know, it, it, I don't feel bad for having sat out Swift for a while. But now I, I for the first time, think, wow, I really want to, to jump in. And part of the reasons why I really want to jump in also comes down to something we talked about earlier about, you know, Xcode 9 and, and refactoring and all the little tricks that they did, many of which I, they, they, I think would imagine that they developed while doing Swift Playgrounds to make coding accessible within a, a touch context, even though a lot of those things come back and really help people when you're in a, in a keyboard context on, on a Mac. So again, kind of you see the, the, the results of these long-term thinking, long-term projects that Apple have done. Yeah, I mean, Xcode 9, I mean, the common phrase there was uh, rewritten in Swift. Editor, rewritten in Swift. Indexer, rewritten in Swift. Uh, and, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago I said, what do I want to see from DubDub? I said an improved source code editor. Well, they've actually just rewritten it. Hopefully that will mean it's improved. Rewrites don't always mean that. But, it, you know, Xcode 9 was looking really, really cool, really, really sweet. But interestingly you said, you know, they've rewritten all this stuff in Swift, which is equally showing Apple's um, commitment to Swift. But... Um, at the same time, it was interesting that the Metal 2 demos were all in Objective-C still. So where we're saying about, you know, to them, to, you know, getting down there. Um, now, whether that was because they needed to be or, you know, cause I, was, I was surprised to see Objective-C in a in a demo on the main stage. At the stage. And maybe it was just there saying, look, we do believe in it still. Or maybe when you're working with things like Metal, you know, that C basis was, is something there. But no, it was really cool. And I, I'm excited to see Xcode 9. I'm going to download it any moment now and have a look. Um, after I've edited this, of course. So, uh, been a good first day, I think, yeah. Indeed, indeed. I guess we could probably keep talking for a long time. I think that's probably enough because we have actually arrived home, which is a very clear indication it's time to bring this bring this puppy home. So, uh, Scotty, if people want to, uh, in addition to be able to come up and physically contact you while you're here and come in, in close bodily contact, they just want to do it from the, the comfortable distance of a social media tool like Twitter, how would they do that? Well, they would get hold of me is at MacDevNet on Twitter. And uh, how would they do it for you, John? Uh, well, th if they were nearby, they could start playing a djembe and I would hear the clarion call of the world's most powerful drum, the most powerful West African drum. Or they can just type DJEMBE into the Twitter client of their, of their choice and uh, contact me that way. But under any circumstances, until we see you again, you, you take, take care. care. Oh, 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 oh,